All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Many passengers, and it's happening way too often. Yeah, too many passengers. I think that is a great way to put it. We are live on the Nation Network YouTube where the chat is alive and well. Twisted was in with the first comment of the day, and he said this team has such a unique ability of going lifeless mid-game. Truly elite lifelessness, cue frustration. And I'm with you, man. It's just how you can come out of the gates well in a season where you've rarely come out of the gates well, and even that doesn't propel you. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Uh, Smart Cowboy says, that's the truth. Was embarrassing to say the least. Never seen a team with so much talent struggle so bad to win a hockey game when they are in the lead. It's because they're not good defensively. And when opposing teams trail, what do they do? They crank up the offense. They start to take some risks the other way. Against Seattle, whatever that was, a week ago, six, seven days ago, I don't quite remember. But in that one, Seattle was cranking up the offense, throwing everything on net. And the flip side of that is sometimes there's chances at the other end of the ice. The Oilers didn't score their chances at the other end of the ice last night either, like they did against the Kraken in their first meeting of the season. And then defensively, they just can't hold on. So super annoying. Um, Tyson Zinn says, you can always count on the Oilers to find a way to lose an easily winnable hockey game. Our defense needs help badly. And you guys, you're fired up in the chat. And I am too. Uh, smart cowboy Bouchard did not play well for sure, but he wasn't the only one. Yeah, Bouchard and Broberg. I mean, I was singing their praises after the game against Winnipeg. They were really good, weren't on the ice for a five on five shot against. But this is the danger of playing two players with a combined games played total of under 200. You play yeah. those two guys together, there's going to be bad nights. If the Oilers were a young team like a Buffalo, a Detroit, and Ottawa, I'd say, hey, you live with those peaks and valleys. 
You're not Detroit, Buffalo, Ottawa. You're a team that's trying to win the Stanley Cup this year. You're a team that a lot of people had picked to win the Stanley Cup this year. You can't keep running out two guys who haven't played a combined 200 games in the NHL and expect good, consistent results. And last night, Bouchard was terrible. Broberg wasn't great. There was that one breakaway early on. Skinner made the stop with his glove, but like that was just Ryan McLeod was the first guy back. Where are your defensemen? Bunch of stuff frustrated me last night. Eh, well, eh. I think uh, for me, like you're really missing a guy like Chris Russell. And I know that seems weird to say, but like, guess the guy who's your seventh defenseman who can kind of rotate in there every so often and just kind of ease the storm a little bit and take a break off these younger players who are just being asked to do so much defensively, like Broberg, Bouchard, Nima Linen, like they're clearly just not able to do it every single night. And you need someone who can be a somewhat of a stopgap. Like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying he's the answer, but, and I think he might even be injured right now, but like, is it a bad idea to maybe even call up Jason Demers for like a little bit just to kind of see if he can like bring some experience to the blue line? Like it, nothing else is really working back there for some of these nights, right? Like, and obviously like we're saying this after they beat, who'd they beat? Well, they obviously beat Seattle. They beat Calgary only last week too, but it's just the inconsistency. Like maybe that experience can just provide a little bit of a, like a, a more experienced voice or something in the room rather than just like looking around and thinking like, all right, well, who's stepping up for us? You know? Yeah. Let's get into our three big things from last night's hockey game. It is brought to you by Montana's. You know what Montana's is doing this sporting season? They're bringing back the viewing party. Head to any one of their locations for their fantastic brand new daily deals. Liam, what day is it today? Today is Wednesday. I that think. is a joke from our days back in radio school together. Um, and today at Wednesdays means it's all you can eat ribs at Montana's. Head to montanas.ca for more info. Our three big things, just like their big racks of ribs. Liam, number one, it was impressive that the Oilers got off to the start they did. Let's be honest. Up to nothing. Yeah. Looked like they were controlling that game. Yamamoto and Pugliarvi both missed great looks as well. So... I, the start, no complaints. Start that way. I said my New Year's resolution for the Oilers was to start games well. So far, they're living up to that. Yeah, I mean, you look at look at back at the last three. You you outshot Winnipeg. What was it, ten to two at one point? Winnipeg get the goal. You have a really good start against Seattle, and last night again, like three games in a row, they figured out how to have good starts. The issue is now is carrying that through to the end of the game. Is is that the new issue? Like, are they just not able to finish games now? Like. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's true. And last night, I don't know if this is one of your other points, so maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but you said, don't make the 10 bell mistakes. And that's exactly what happened that led to goals. So it's, oh, it's just the, the consistency of being terrible is, is very good with this team right now. The consistency of being terrible. Very well put. Uh, my second big thing from last night's game was that Bouchard-Broberg pairing. They were not good. Um, I actually think the Nurse and CeCe pairing was the only pairing I would give even like relatively close to a passing grade to last night. But even they weren't great. I know Darnell Nurse made the one... The, I, if you want to call it a mistake on the one goal, sure. Um, but I actually didn't hate Nurse's game. I really hated a lot of what I saw on that blue line though. Broberg and Bouchard, like they're fine. They're going to be good players. They are young, but you miss Duncan Keith or you miss some sort of a veteran presence or you need a different mix on your blue line. Tyson Berry's been fine this year, but if you had a veteran lefty who is good in his own end 
and a shutdown righty instead of Tyson Berry, then it gets a lot easier to, to set up your pairings, right? You could go Nurse and CeCe. On your second pairing, you could go Kulak with Bouchard. On your third pairing, you could go Broberg with the other righty. You just, you're missing yeah. one defensive piece on that blue line. You you truly are. And that's, that's all it is. And it's, it feels crazy to say that like one piece is going to change everything. But I really feel that way because you're just taking the pressure of so many guys to to separate it. And even if like say Barry stays, for example, and he's on your right side, and you just get an experienced guy on the left side. And Broberg just kind of spends the rest of the year wherever, right? Like maybe he's your seventh guy. You rotate him through whatever. Like, but yeah, like I agree. And it's interesting. Uh, I know we have Frank later on, so maybe he'll touch on it a bit too, but like, maybe like, like we spoke about Jake McCabe, like he doesn't, for me, like he doesn't have that experience that the others really need. Like maybe Edmondson is the guy, maybe Edmondson has that experience that the others truly, truly need. And you know, even like Eckholm, like we spoke about him yesterday and that contract isn't ideal, but he's a veteran in this league and he's, he's been around the block and I'm sure someone like that can be a presence on and off the ice for the Oilers. Yeah, if you missed the news earlier in the show, I just I saw Tyler Mulek was talking about it in the chat. Uh, Verana cleared waivers, so uh, no one scooped up Jacob Verana, which is very surprising, again, considering he scored 22 goals in his 39 career games with the Detroit Red Wings. Um Someone was asking about Jake McCabe. Frank has a report, and there was another report out of Chicago. He has a seven-team no-trade list. Let me just double-check that quickly. Um, but there was reports that he has a seven-team no-trade list, and his seven teams on that no-trade list, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa. There's a, there's a rumor going around he doesn't want to play in Canada, um, but we can get Frank's <laughs> take on that because Frank Saravalli is going to join the show in a little bit, but it doesn't seem like... Um, Jake McCabe is actually going to be a player the Oilers can get because Jake McCabe apparently doesn't want to play here. So I'm going to have to potentially change targets there. Um, I'm going to keep, oh no, we still have one more big thing to get to. And uh, it's that reviews giveth and reviews taketh away. The Oilers have had games this year where the review machine is working well. Jeremy Koopel's doing his job. I remember against, what was that? Uh, the Rangers, right? They had two or three calls brought back True. last night. Man, I mean, it's it's a game-changing moment. Zach Hyman is like this far offside. Pretty slim margin. Doesn't really affect the goal all that much. Probably could have done a better job staying onside, but that's just the way that the sport moves fast. I'm not going to like sit here and get mad at it. Going offside. Um, but that could have changed the game, you know? Yeah, no, it was a massive moment. The Oilers got the goal early to start the third period, and... You're one goal behind against a team that has two goalies sub eight hundred uh, sub nine hundred save percentage and more than capable of coming back against them and it just felt like a bit of a, a burst of the bubble I guess you could say that they weren't able to grab that and then weren't able to get anything off the rest of the power play but I, you know what was funny I was watching that and I thought if this isn't offside I have no idea what the rule is the whole does all I kept thinking to myself was like man if this is actually a good goal. I do not understand what is going on, and but yeah, like Hyman's had so many goals disallowed this year. It's kind of it's kind of whack his trend at the moment. But yeah, it's like you said, like you can't really question him too much. Game moves so much quicker than when they slow it down to as slow as they can. Like he at the moment thing, like is what it is. Yeah. Um, also, there was that one goal that I felt like it was close to goalie interference. 
And when there is, like, I don't know. Um, goalie interference is such a weird one. I can't get a good read on it. But I'm sure if it happened the other way, I'd be making the exact opposite argument about the goal. So those are my big three things brought to you by Montana's from last night's game. Strong start was squandered. Bouchard Broberg highlighting the need for this team to go get a solid veteran D-man this year. And uh, sometimes reviews will zap your momentum a little bit. Because if that goal from Drysaddle stands, maybe we're talking about just a totally different result from that hockey game. But we're not. We're talking about a 5-2 loss. Uh, we're going to take some questions here before we get to our guy, Frank Saravalli. Um yeah, Gregor was tweeting that Clem Costin was in uh, top six, a top six jersey at skate today. And he's also reporting that Stuart Skinner was in the starters net, which is usually a sign that he's going to be good to go tomorrow. So Gregor says, based on jersey colors, Costin in the top six with McDavid, Dreisaitl, RNH, Hyman, and Yamamoto. What I will draw from that is... I think we might see McDavid and Drysaddle together again. And it might be something like McDavid, Drysaddle, Hyman, and then Costin, Yamamoto, Nuge is going to be your new look top six. That's the that's my guess. Maybe they're going to surprise us and go like McDavid, Nuge, Hyman, Costin, Drysaddle, Yamamoto. But I just I have a funny feeling if all three of the big centers are in the top six, then we're probably going to see McDavid and Drysaddle together. A little bit surprised, actually, that it is Stuart Skinner in the starters net because I kind of feel like this might be a chance where, I mean, the Islanders don't score a whole heck of a lot. They were held to one goal against the Seattle Kraken. Stuart Skinner's had to play a lot of hockey over the last couple of months here. Maybe this is a chance where you give Campbell an opportunity. I wouldn't have hated that against the Islanders tomorrow. And maybe it still will be Campbell. We don't know. Um, But Mm. I wouldn't mind seeing Campbell get the start. No, I, I and I wouldn't either. And I mean, especially the last time they played the Islanders, the Oilers left Campbell out to dry three occasions, didn't they? If I remember correctly, like yeah, maybe you owe him a game against the Islanders. And you know what? Like you did pull Skinner last night. At the end of the day, I know it was more of like a mercy pull for him, but you yeah. pulled him at the end of the day. And Campbell went in like you. I think that like, I completely agree, Tyler. They have they are playing Skinner at every opportunity, and it, it's. You know what, like this team does need to get back to winning ways, but not every night is kind of do or die. And you're on home ice. And by no means, I sent out a tweet last night. The five, last five games have been brutal for the others on the home ice. So maybe that's kind of the thing too, where it's like we just need to get a win at home. But yeah, I, I wouldn't have mind seeing Campbell in, in the starting net tomorrow. Uh, but also on that top six, like I'm a little surprised that they're just not playing Nuge with McDavid rather than Dreisaitl. Like I feel like that just as powerful as a, as a duo as Drysdale and McDavid, no? Yeah, I mean, it might be right now. Nuge is up to 19 goals on the season. Like, he's been unreal. Um, we'll see. I'm sure they'll get to some line rushes at some point in practice because I believe they're on the ice right now. So uh, we'll see how that ends up working out. Uh, just going back to the chat here, I, there's a couple interesting things. Um, TC says, give me Roslovic and Gavrikov from CBJ. He wasn't the one who initially said Gavrikov. I'm trying to find who that was. Um, but someone was asking for both Gavrikov and Anthony Duclair or Anthony Duclair as potential options. I don't hate Anthony Duclair as a potential piece eventually, uh, especially I should say, because he might be available for because the Panthers can't afford to even activate him. That's a guy who scored 30 goals last season. I, I'd be intrigued at a deal for Duclair, but we talked about this a little bit on the show yesterday. The Panthers would only move him 
because they have to free up all $3 million of the cap space. The Oilers can't bring him in because they don't have $3 million in cap space. So it'd have to be a more complicated deal where you're dumping Pugliarvi off and then you're bringing in Duclair in a separate move. It feels like a lot of jumping through hoops that I just don't really expect Ken Holland to do. Uh, but Duclair carries a cap hit of $3 million bucks for the next two years. So if you can make it work, I'd be interested. Roslovic, I'm honestly not that interested in. I mean, if you can't get the guy motivated enough to play in Columbus, his hometown, you're just you're not going to get a good Jack Roslovic anywhere. He's due four million bucks this year and next year, and he has three goals in 33 games. He, if you're mad about the production from Pugliarvi and Yamamoto and Fogel and them, Roslovic's more expensive, and he's just as or less productive. So I'm just I'm not touching that. Uh, Bull Squash says take Zaitsev if the salary is retained. Nope. Got to aim higher than that. Not a guy who clears waivers consistently. Um, Gavrikov is going to cost too much right now. Like, I'm not touching Gavrikov if it's a first-round pick plus. I'm not touching Gavrikov if a first-rounder is involved at all, quite frankly. So that's still... We're not there. There's too many There's too many big targets out there to, to spend your first-round pick on Gavrikov. Gavrikov. There's too many guys that are better than him. You can't, you can't waste your first-round... You have one. You can't go and spend it on a guy who is currently ninth on this list. Like, there's plenty. I would spend it on Klingberg, Ekholm, basically anybody else above him, to be honest. Like, maybe maybe Duclair. But, yeah, like, I just don't think that's your big move for me. I think you can aim a little higher if you spend it at first. We are going to try hit 60 likes today on the Nation Network YouTube stream. I see there is a bunch of you watching right now. So if you're tuning in, hammer the like button. Also, let us know what you thought of the first episode of Oilers Nation after dark last mm. night. Our friend Connor Halley is a part of the team. Bag Milk was there. Aaron, who's our producer today, also uh, was behind behind the controls, I should say. But let us know what you thought of the post-game show. That bad boy is here to stay every single game. You can come to the Nation Network YouTube and right when the game ends, we're going live to talk about, well, whatever we saw. And last night, you were fairly fired up about things. So that was great. Uh, but Liam, Oilers, you were active in the comment section. I saw that. I was acting as a fan last night. I was having a great time talking to people. It was, you know, it was funny that it was a lot. It was the first game, but everyone was, everyone was good about it. And everyone was giving the support to Connor and, we had some comments right off the top here and people were just like happy about the show. So yeah, like it's sticking around and it was a, it was a really good first show. It was good how interactive they were. I thought like the comments yeah. were being read thoroughly out everywhere. So thanks everyone for tuning in and hopefully tomorrow will be a, a better one with a win. So, <laughs> and you're yeah. on the show tomorrow, hopefully. right? Is tomorrow my day? Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, I'm on Monday. So you can catch me on okay. Monday. I can see LA. Kings. I got the late shift. <laughs> late shift. Yeah, I love it. Uh, all right. We do have Frank Saravalli stopping by for our weekly insider segment. And we have a new sponsor on the show. Star Mechanical. Frank Saravalli's weekly appearances are brought to you by Star Mechanical. Local home experts, plumbing and heating, residential and commercial. Star Mechanical covers it all. So you can check them out online. Starmechanical.ca. You can also give them a follow on Instagram. Star underscore mechanical check them out online and uh, let's get to frank we now get to our sleepless insider frank saravalli 59 days until the deadline frank maybe we should just call this like nap time or something you can do like two answers and then we'll leave you alone you can take like a 15 minute nap every wednesday 
Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to work. I, I'm a big nap guy, though. Big proponent and fan of naps, but I don't think we're getting much sleep during this deadline. Uh, some Oilers fans didn't get a lot of sleep last night, Frank. They are pissed off. They are in the comment section saying, you're overplaying Stuart Skinner. Look what you've done. Ken Holland's incapable of fixing this team. They lack character. There's problems in the room. They blew that game to Seattle last night, and the fire alarms are going off. Do you have anything that can calm down this Oilers fan base, or do they have legitimate reason to be a little irked after what they saw last night? No, I, I think there's legitimate reason to be upset with this entire season and the way that it's played out to this point. And there's no revisionist history on my part. Uh, Tyler, what did I say right from Jump Street when the season started? I have serious concerns about Jack Campbell and this team's goaltending. Obviously, Skinner is in net last night. He's the guy that ends up getting pulled. His numbers have kind of come back to earth a little bit. I don't think he's the reason to blame or anything like that. But you also have a situation in that game when there's a timeout called, and not only do things not change for the Oilers, they get worse. So whatever message is being sent isn't being delivered. I think that was a question mark coming out of the game uh, on Tuesday night. And I also think this team needs help. It can't all be the focus of, hey, let's just get Evander Kane back and we're going to be set to go for the deadline. This team needs help on the back end, and I think they're actively working to try and fix that. But you know, I think there's probably been, a. Uh, it's fair to say, a bit of complacency that's existed um, that they need to jumpstart this season and ensure that this team not only gets into the playoffs, but is able to do some damage. Complacency is an interesting word. There's also a lot of people wondering, do they miss the veteran leaders that they no longer have? Duncan Keith isn't here anymore. Mike Smith, say what you want about him. He gave him good results and he was a fiery competitor. And Maybe that's something they look to address at the deadline as well. That's why a guy like Jonathan Taves is high on my list of dream trade targets for the Oilers because I think they could use someone who comes in there and gives them a bit of an experience. And it's crazy that we have to say that at this point when Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are in their eighth and ninth seasons or whatever. But maybe the Oilers do miss a little bit of veteran leadership. No, I think that's a really fair point, and I think it's something that the Oilers probably overlooked a bit. I think that's one reason why... You know, Taves is probably on their list somewhere. I, I think at this point, there's more of a focus and emphasis on defense right now um, and, and finding a defender that works and can make a pass and can, can withstand the forecheck. But I do think it, it was probably understated the impact that Duncan Keith had on this team. Everyone ripped the Oilers for that trade when it went down. But I think you saw his impact when you got to the playoffs last year. He he handled everything well. And I think he was a sort of steadying, calming influence for this team. And Smith, you mentioned the fiery aspect that he brought. Those two things, I think, have really been missing at times this year. And, and maybe it's fair to ask the question, as you did, as to whether this team should need those components, given the experience that they have in the league already and the highs and lows that McDavid and Drysaddle have experienced together. Um, and some other veteran guys that have been around for a bit in a Tyson Barry and Darnell Nurse has been around long enough to, to understand some of those things. But the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter what they are missing. They, they need to go replace it. It's not about, you know, looking backwards. It's about looking forward. And so can you find someone that checks some of those boxes? You know, does maybe a Joel Edmondson type with his, not just his game, but his Stanley Cup pedigree, having been through it and won in St. Louis. Does that matter? Is that one of those things that you try and look for as you get to checking off some of those boxes for the Oilers? 
Joel Edmondson, not in your top 10. I got a couple of questions about your new trade targets list that is up at dailyfaceoff.com, but I want to focus in the top five, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. I think a lot of fans outside of Chicago sit here and go, it's a lock that both these guys are getting moved in the next two months. Is that necessarily the case, though? It's a possibility for sure that both players are moved. I would say at this point, this exact moment in time, January 4th, 2023, that it's more likely that Taves is on the move than Kane. But I still think Kane is a 50-50 shot. So if you're reading between the lines, that means that Taves is is better than that or higher than that to go. I think there's been some real frustration with Taves, uh, not just in terms of where the franchise is heading, but also in-game. You can see it. Um, The frustration is evident when he comes back to the bench. Um, I'm sure after what he was accustomed to in the first you know, eight years that he spent with the Blackhawks, that the way these last five or so have gone has been really disappointing, and that he might be open to more um, opportunities than Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane feels like it's going to be a curated selection, a place that has a chance to win, like Taves, uh, but also has some really talented players to play with and that he could potentially sign with longer term. So be real curious to see, as these players hold the cards, how many options, if any, are presented. And I just think with Kane, um, who has been a better player than Taves, no doubt, um, not just this year, but the last few, there's a lot of ties to Chicago. And it's not just the winning. It's also, you know, his family has moved to Chicago and set up home base there from Buffalo. His dad's at morning skates and practices, and he goes to a lot of road games. And, um, you know, you look at that and you know, his, his, uh, the mother of his child is there, like his girlfriend, like all those things, uh, that kind of factors in and weighs in, in a way that I don't think Taves necessarily has as much baggage. So, um, I, I'd be real curious, flip a coin on Patrick coin, Patrick Kane, or you can call him Patrick <laughs> coin if you want. Why not? Uh, going from numbers six through 10 on the list, we see four defensemen, but the one I want to zero in on is Matthias Ekholm. I remember, uh, I think it was the first time the Oilers played the Preds this year. And I had some people in, in the chat on YouTube being like, Oh, Ekholm would be a dream fit for the Oilers. And I was like, you're insane. He's in year one of a $6.25 million extension that goes for four seasons. Like they're not moving this guy. Yet here he is on your list. So explain why this guy could potentially even be available in year one of an extension. Well, it's gotten late early for the Preds who have regressed in a significant way. And I think a bunch of people saw that coming. But now they have to ask themselves some really complicated and difficult and uncomfortable questions as they're well outside the playoff picture. And even if they get in, is anyone looking at that team as one that could go the distance and be a contender? I I think the answer pretty resoundly is no. And then you start to look at their back end after acquiring Ryan McDonough last summer with Ekholm and Roman Yossi. That's three guys essentially making six and a half million bucks or more. Is that sustainable moving forward? And if not, well, Ekholm is the guy that stands out to me as someone with no trade protection there that he could be moved to any team at any time. And so I think there is some interest in Ekholm. I think uh, the cap hit is probably a bit much with the term that's remaining on it three years after this one, as you mentioned, that um, I think probably suppresses a little bit of the return. But I think if the Preds are willing to retain a bit, that you would see a a number of teams step up and be willing and interested to take on someone like Ekholm. And I think the big thing is stylistically, he's, I think, 
probably an ideal fit for the Oilers in terms of what they'd be looking for. My question is, can you really afford to keep him on the cap? That's the wrangling that the Oilers would have to do, and I just don't know if they'd be able to pull something like that off. Yeah, and just for me, the tough part acquiring any D-man with term is you have a tougher time getting the other side to retain it. Like to enable to be enabled to afford. Oh boy, now I'm the one fumbling my words, Frank. But if they wanted to afford Ekholm, they would probably need the Preds to keep half for this year. But the Preds probably don't want to keep half that contract for the next three seasons as well. And it's almost the same thing with Edmondson, where yeah, okay, you could dump Pugliarvi out, but Edmondson's still three and a half. Would the Canadians want to keep a chunk of that money for next season as well? I, I feel like because of their cap, how tight they are to the cap, the Oilers' only option is rentals at the deadline. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's their only option. I just think they'd have to get creative in terms of some of the pieces that they move. Like you said, moving Pugliarvi in any trade going backwards uh, let's say, you know, let's just play hypothetical here since he was publicly linked to, to uh, the Oilers. I think his no trade clause might get in the way. But Jake McCabe from the Chicago Blackhawks, if you were to send Pugliarvi back there, well, you still have, you know, more years of Jake McCabe remaining at four million bucks. I don't think many teams want to retain on guys with term because it's not just a retained salary transaction that gets chewed up. It's also part of your cap moving forward. So there's a significant price to pay for that. All of that, uh, which says, I don't know, the Oilers would have to get pretty creative in order to make something like that happen. And I I don't know, not that I don't see it, but there's only very few paths to make that happen. Last area I want to hit on with you. You have a new piece up today at dailyfaceoff.com about where kind of every team in the Eastern Conference stands, what they could look to add or which teams could be sellers. And one team I'm just fascinated by is the Florida Panthers. What's the latest with the Panthers and what could it look like if they do indeed decide to sell ahead of the March 3rd deadline? Well, the Panthers are in a tough spot, Tyler. 13th place. They don't have a first round draft pick until 2026. And they have $14.5 million committed to their goaltending next season. So they're in a spot where I think their top objective at this deadline is to set the table for the summer. They're going to have 12 million bucks coming off the books and Patrick Hornquist deal expiring and some dead cap money that goes by the wayside. So they've took a step back this year and I think they expected that definitely not this much to go from a 122 point team down to being on pace for somewhere around 78 or 80 points. That's a 42 or 44 point cliff that they've fallen off of and died on impact. Mm -hmm. Essentially, if you want to quote Billy Madison or happy Gilmore, I think it was happy Gilmore. Um, <laughs> but you know, you look at this moving forward and you say they need some off season surgery. So to create some flexibility to then be in a spot where you not just have cap space, but you maybe have some future assets that you can trade to rebalance your team and maybe take a forward, uh, trade them at the deadline, get some assets and leverage those assets in the summer to go after a defenseman. Well, I would look at a couple guys further up their depth chart that have been really good ads for them and Sam Reinhardt and Sam Bennett, the two Sams. Um, I think there would certainly be a lot of interest in those players, given their talent and their skill sets, that perhaps Bill Zito can sort of play this out in a way that he's able to have maximum leverage in the summer to get what he needs to put the Panthers back in playoff contention. And you want to talk about the Oilers wanting pieces that can maybe add some bite to their middle six, adding a centerman, Sam Bennett would, uh, he'd be a really intriguing option for Edmonton. And on the blue line, what about a guy like Radko Gudis? I mean, two and a half million bucks pending UFA. Like I just look at the Panthers and Gudis and Bennett and I'm like, 
it's a couple of guys who would scratch the itch for the Oilers. Yeah, I mean, scratch the itch in terms of adding some edge and bite, but I don't know if you're the Oilers and you're going on a deep playoff run to the Western Conference final again, whether you'd like to be giving Radko Gudis any more than 12 minutes a night or 14 minutes a night. So um, it would come at, at a you know a cost in the sense of you'd really need to ration out those minutes and limit them because that's one thing the Panthers fell into is Gudis was playing probably more than he should and needed to be properly slotted out in the third pair. Fascinating stuff. As always, Frank, appreciate your time. And it is 59 days till the deadline, but only about, what, 24, 25 days till we'll be cutting it up out at the JPL Tourism Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament. Huh? Yeah, can't wait. And uh, I hope you guys got me a double XL jersey. And I think, you know, as I was thinking over the segment name as it changes every week, uh, hopefully we're not calling it Sleeping with Saravali because I don't know how my wife would feel about that. <laughs> All right, Frank, appreciate the time. We'll chat again next Wednesday. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There you go. That is our guy, Frank Saravalli, whose appearance is brought to you by Star Mechanical. You can check him out, starmechanical.ca. Whether it's residential and commercial plumbing, installation, maintenance, and repairs, they can cover it all. Head to their website to find out more. Uh, you guys have a lot of comments in the chat. Aaron, I want you to keep that trade targets thing ready to go as well. 
because I want to read off what you all had to say during Frank Saravalli's appearance. Uh, Scott is in. Scott Duggan says, spending assets is the only way this team has any chance to win. And if you have to sacrifice high picks or players that people don't want to see go, that's the price you pay. Yeah, man. Like, I get it. You need to move pieces that maybe you don't want to. The first round pick this year, on the block. I just think you can't go spend like a drunken sailor for the sake of doing it in one year. Otherwise, you, you're you trying to build a consistent winner here. And going all in doesn't mean you just pay every price on the first guy you like. If Arizona wants two first-round picks and Dylan Holloway for Jacob Chikrin, I don't pull the trigger on that. I think you can get someone who impacts you just as well this year on the blue line. I've said this take before. I think you can get someone who impacts you just as well on the blue line for one first-round pick this year while holding on to those other two assets and then improving yourself with your third-round pick, improving yourself by maybe moving on from a B-level prospect. Like, I, I, I just don't love the idea of, yep, trade both your next two first-round picks and trade one of the best prospects in your pool in Dylan Holloway because, screw it, we're pissed off in the moment. There's also a little bit on the guys in the room need to figure this out to an extent. Holland needs to give him support. He needs to do a better job. I'm with you all on that, but like, just thinking Jacob Chikorin makes you a Stanley Cup contender, I, I'm not quite there yet. They're not one move away, is my point. Uh, Rusty says, I feel like this trade deadline is going to be crazier than normal. What do y'all think? Um, Aaron, let's flash up the trade targets board quickly. Because I agree with you, Rusty. I think this year could mm -hmm. be crazy. You have Horvat, who is more or less a lock to be moved. Kane, 50-50. Chikrin, Meyer, Taves, Klingberg, Ekholm, Declare, Gavrikov, Carlson. A lot of big names there. And the names who aren't there. O'Reilly, Tarasenko. The Blues might have to sell. Bennett. The Panthers might be willing to sell a lot of teams that have big name UFAs who it would make a lot of sense to move. I think the UFA market this coming off season is stronger and that's going to lead to a wilder trade deadline. Jake says, Frank, a man of the people. Yes, sir. Lance says people always hype the trade deadline. Then it's lackluster. Well, if I told you the trade deadline would be boring, no one would tune into our trade deadline show. But I actually do think this year is going to be relatively exciting. Uh, Cato says, Frank, can you tell Kenny Holland that please? Maybe he will. Maybe they will. Uh, anything from that hit, Liam, that stood out to you? Um, I thought the Gouda stuff was interesting. It makes a good point of yeah. like, where, where are you going to play this guy? And that's fair. Like, I know I've kind of been a guy who thought Gouda's could be a fit, but that was more of like toughness aspect. I was really liking um, I thought the Kane conversation was was intriguing too, like more about like his family and stuff and the ties he has to Chicago. Like maybe maybe he stays a little closer than we think. I know I kind of would, I would love him in Edmonton. I'm sure a lot of people would, but Taves seems like the much better option. But yeah, there's like you said, there's so many huge names out there at the moment that could just get moved, and it's going to be very intriguing. I know a lot of people were saying in the chat too, if like. If you're going after Eckholm, then you mentioned Chikrin already, but like he's a little cheaper and all this stuff. But like you said, like what's the price difference? Like you could probably get Eckholm for a lot less than what you're going to go and get Jacob Chikrin for. And I thought thing one thing from the Eckholm piece that was interesting too is like he mentioned that Nashville might keep a little bit. Maybe if they kept a million and brought it down to five yeah. or one point or whatever, right? Like that makes it a little bit more intriguing. I know it's a lot of money, but if hypothetically Tyson Berry is going the other way. The only difference is 750,000. 
I don't know. It's, uh, it's an interesting. That, th- yeah, that's true too. But the the Ekholm thing is just uh, he's an intriguing piece because I don't think anyone saw him on this board at any point until this past week. Right, I'm not said he's on there and. A lot of viewers right now, though, Tyler. So if you're in the chat, let's get some likes on the board here. We're very close to to getting our like goal, unless we did already. Yeah, oh, we, we got 60. It. We're good. But that Keep doesn't flying, mean we can't though. get more. Keep Hammer the like button if you're watching. Uh, Scott also said the Oilers are not going to make the trade deadline. They'll be out of it by then. They won't. I mean, look at the standings. That that Pacific division is going to be tight all the way through. Uh, they're not going to be out of it by the trade deadline. Uh, Jake says Frank Man of the People. Hell yeah, he is. Um, I already read that one, though. Uh, Mark says Missing Smith's puck handling for sure. There was a really good one in here from Genesis. There we go. Veterans are needed, but I'm getting tired of that neg- that narrative. Why aren't Connor and Leon the leadership core? Kind of what I was... I didn't want to attack it that directly, but like you shouldn't. I said like year eight, year nine, you shouldn't need veteran leaders for these guys. They should be your leaders. So I don't know. Don't clip that was, but that's just kind of something I've been wondering a little (laughs) bit recently. Um, Missing Smith's puck handling. Yeah. How about what the F is happening with Frank Saravalli? Yeah. From Tyson. That might be a decent name for it. Someone said get JT Miller. I mean, he's pissy. He's a, dick in the room for lack of a better phrase and he's brutal defensively no i'll pass on jt miller thank you very much smart cowboy timo meyer would be awesome timo meyers do like a 10 million dollar qualifying offer coming up you're not touching timo meyer the oilers aren't getting him that's not realistic at all came to buffalo came to new york taves is going to be a jet yeah, those seem like natural fits just based on where those guys are born. I could see Kane ending up with the Rangers, though. That seems obvious. Uh, Tyler Mulek, Bo Horvat, and Luke Shen. I don't think the Oilers are going to pay the price necessary for Bo Horvat. Frank today on Daily Faceoff Live said Horvat makes way too much sense for the Boston Bruins. You bring him in. This could be Bergeron's last season and Krejci's last season. You have the money to re-sign him, and he's kind of the new member of that perfection line. Um, and he could potentially inspire David Pasternak to stay as well. People talking about trading Darnell Nurse. That is stupid. We're not discussing it. Not going to happen. Uh, Ekholm isn't coming to Edmonton from BMAX. Ekholm has no choice. Uh, doesn't have no trade clause. If the Oilers pay a price that the Predators agree with, Ekholm will come to Edmonton. Not up to him to decide. What's your scale on one for Ekholm, Tyler? Like, where are you at on a scale of one to ten for Ekholm? oh boy it's a a, a weird one I love the player man I love the player and if he was a rental I'm all over it give me that guy seven days of the week but he's not a rental that's going to hurt how much Nashville is willing to retain if Nashville kept two million bucks I'd move a first for him Mm -hmm. that's not going to get it done though that's not going to happen so I, I yeah I just I'm not there I guess on Ekholm just because I think the contract makes it too much of an impossible hurdle, but you know it, he on the ice he's a perfect fit so that's why it makes sense. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably around a six or seven. I'm just I don't really know what the market is like. I don't know how much he's going to cost you. What's it going to take for Nashville to take some money like? Are you going to have to give up mm. a player with money, obviously, and a high-end prospect? Or is it going to take someone like Raphael Lavoie, for example? Like, he's such an intriguing piece, and I'm I'm very curious to 
to see if he even gets moved in the first place. It almost feels like Nashville is just kind of dangling him out there right now to see if there's a market for him. And I mean, if his name's on a trade target list, there must be a lot of interest. Yeah, JCLV, Holland's playing with fire, waiting, waiting, waiting to see what his first round pick is going to look like. Holland keeps hitting the snooze button button instead of waking up and going to work. It takes two to tango, man. And like the market hasn't established itself yet. So again, the Blue Jackets are saying you want Gavrikov today. It's a first and it's another high-end asset. The Canadians are saying you want Edmondson today. First high-end prospect. You can't pay those prices. You know, like if... You go to the grocery store and a bag of apples is four bucks, but you know it's going on sale the next day for a buck. You wait, you wait, and you know these prices are going to go down. Bad example, I guess, but whatever. Parker says, boys, Jacob Chickeren from Arizona is our guy. I move anything but Holloway for him. He has two more years after this, so it's not like we're selling the farm for rental. I, I like it. I like that idea. I would move two first-round picks for Jacob Chickeren. I wouldn't mm-hmm. move two first-round picks and Dylan Holloway. I would maybe include Broberg in, in a deal, but what if Arizona's sitting there saying it's only the two first and Holloway, the only pack that's the only package we'll take right now? And you don't do it. So I mean it sucks, but like the market's not there. I don't think you can blame Ken Holland for that. I I think that's a good point, Tyler. Like you're saying, like look, we're all very frustrated right now with this team. That is an understatement to say the least, but if no, nobody else is making big moves either, it's not like everyone around the league is throwing all these picks everywhere and prospects and getting all these big names off the board. Like it's been the same names in circulation for months now and nothing has happened. Yeah. And what did you say? We're 59 days away from the deadline. Like things are probably going to start heating up pretty quick. And I, Colin's not going to sit there. He's going to do something. He He's very aware. He's very experienced. And you know what? I, you got to just, trust the process i guess and i get it it's it's frustrating to see this team but i think it's going to come and i think he's going to figure it out yeah uh before we keep moving along have to give some love to ama travel they sponsor and are a big part of all of our nation vacations liam we're going to be in vegas in eight days Mm -hmm. that's a lot of fun but if you missed out on vegas you can join us in Toronto, March 10th to 12th. Head to nationgear.ca. We are going to the 6th. It is a quick little weekend trip that features gondola suite seats at the Edmonton versus Toronto game on Saturday night at Scotiabank Place. This gets you your hotel. This gets you your flights. This gets you your transport to and from the hotel and airport in Toronto as well. It is a fantastic deal. It's up now nationgear.ca, and it is all possible because of our friends at AMA travel uh we have the lines from gregor i'll give you those quickly before we get to our bets uh mcdavid cost and hyman so klim shady getting a look on the top line with mcdavid nuge dry yamamoto mm-hmm. reunited on the second line so uh klim our boy liam he's getting his chance we've been we've been calling it calling for it for a while and he, he's earned that opportunity i think and yeah like he is he's a different role up there. Is he the next Patrick Maroon for Connor McDavid? That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Cato, <laughs> uh, two firsts and Lavoie would work for me. It's great, man. Me too. But doesn't work for Arizona. <laughs> they have to agree to the trade. Uh, let's get to our bets today, Liam. Canada, USA at what? the World Juniors. Huh? Yeah. Huh? And that's what that's where we're going. I am staying away from the NHL tonight. I thought we'd stay in the World Junior spirit. Going back to my boy Dylan Gunther, the Edmonton boy. 
to get a goal tonight against the USA. And then over six and a half. What did the US finish with against Germany? 11? Something like that, right? Canada's been firing goals for fun and also allowing them for fun in most games too. So let's just hope for a really fun hockey game. I think Canada's got enough to get out on top. So we'll go with the over and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Oil King, sorry. Former Edmonton Oil King. Dylan Gunther to grab a goal. Do you have anything for this game? I'm just going to tell you, I don't hate the over. Yeah, I like that Gunther one. Um, I'll, I'll try to find some Bedard bets somewhere, but uh, like they don't even offer them because the guy's just too good. What do you think <laughs> of the goal song? The Eve away. I love it. I think it's sick. I love it. I think is I think it's very very cool that they made it like kind of fit to where they are right now. It's yeah. a it's a very good idea for what they do, and it's uh, it's clever. Like Shane Wright mentioned it before the tournament. Did you see that they didn't want to reveal it until the first goal? And then it kind of went off there. And I think that's cool. And I think more teams down the road should incorporate that into it. If they're in Canada, of course, England, next one's in Sweden or something, right? So it might not work as well there. Our guy, Joey, friend of the show. I'm pumped for this game tonight. Bedard is an animal. Connor Bedard show tonight. Who isn't expecting the Connor Bedard show? Although I will say Mm -hmm. his interview in between periods against uh, Slovakia was one of the worst pieces of television ever. He was just like, you can tell he's so dialed into the game that he was like, I didn't even hear your question. I'm just going to make up some shit. It kind of reminded me of, uh, do you remember that one a few weeks ago when Jack Hughes was interviewed after the game and he's like, uh, sorry, in the animation, but he was just so exhausted. He was just like, oh, I don't know. I just, I just have my bio steal. And then he got in trouble because he's a Gatorade. He, he drinks, he said he was drinking Gatorade, oh, but he's a bio steal yeah. athlete. Yeah. <laughs> he got in trouble for it. I thought that was very funny. It's good to see it. Rusty says. Rusty says, got to pull for the USA as an American, but I am very excited to watch Bedard play. We should Maybe we should have a friendly wager with Rusty. Uh, I did not know Rusty was American. I thought Rusty was yeah. right here in the city. Where are you from, Rusty? Let us know in the chat where you're from. And every uh, day that man shows up. He was, in, he was in the chat last night, too, for After Hours. Rusty's loyal to the Oilers Nation. I love him. He's the best. If all... If only the Oilers themselves could be as consistent as Rusty the Reckless <laughs> Optimist. A day one listener of Oilers Nation every day. Uh, all right, there is your betting report. Shout out to Betway 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. He says he's from Utah. Um, hey, we have friends in Utah. Oh. The Utah boys who we might see in uh, in Vegas. I love those guys. Um, all right. Our light goal was hit. Yes, don't worry about that. Um I think we're good. I think we're good for today. Liam, we got a lot in. This was a long show, but there were a lot of viewers, so I wanted to keep yeah. it rolling. Yeah, it was a long show. There was a there's a lot to talk about right now in our country. Yeah. And I you know what? Like sometimes you come in a show and you kind of have to be negative. This team puts you in no other way, but like today. But I still believe in this team a lot. I still believe they've got time to turn it around. We've mentioned it a few times how at this point last season they were kind of in a similar spot, arguably worse spot. This team get on and uh, get through the pains and the playoffs are right around the corners, people. Shout out to our friends at Montana's. It is all you can eat ribs tonight at your local Montana's. Check them out, montanas.ca. Our new friends at Star Mechanical, excited to have them on board. Betway and AMA Travel tomorrow. 
It is a Sherwood Ford Giant game day. We'll be back in the big studio with Jay getting you set for the Oilers and the Islanders. And there will be a lot to talk about tomorrow at noon Mountain Time. So enjoy your Wednesday. Enjoy the Canada-USA game, whatever side you're rooting for. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.